You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast. To support this podcast, go to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and click donate. What happens when we have to choose between saving life and abiding by the law? Jesus' healings, they call us to take a side, either with the marginalized and the liberator with Jesus, or to interpret his acts as lawless defiance. This is Herb Montgomery with Renewed Heart Ministries, and I want to welcome you to episode 290 of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. It's a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee might have to offer us today in our work of love, compassion, action, and justice. Our title this week is When Doing the Right Thing is Illegal, and our feature text is Mark 3, verse 4. Then Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. In this story in in Mark's gospel, Jesus contrasts that which is lawful with uh, that which is is life-saving. And he calls our, our values and our priorities, I believe, into question. Uh, among the values and principles that we hold dear and that we seek to, to live out in our daily lives, which, which value holds our highest priority? This is really a, 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 a story about prioritization. And, and let's look at the story in its entirety. This is Mark 3, 1 through 6. Another time Jesus went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with a shriveled hand, stand up here in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, and he said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. In each of the gospel stories, uh, we, we bump into interpretations uh, 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 of the Sabbath work prohibition that includes acts of, of healing in the category of, of labor that was forbidden during the Sabbath. We find this in Matthew 12, 11 through 12. He said to them, if any of you has a sheep or it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will he not take hold of it and lift it out? In Luke 13, 14, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, there are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. And then John 9, 14 through 16, now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. And some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. So this interpretation of what it meant to be faithful to the Sabbath prohibitions was a, it was an interpretation by those who didn't need healing. And that, I think, is significant. 
it was an interpretation that was by those in, in positions of power and positions of privilege. It was an interpretation by those that were the most prone to underestimate the damage of their interpretation because it didn't affect them negatively. And we have to also remember, as we read these stories in our context today, that people in the first century, they didn't look at healings the same way that most people do today. Healing wasn't considered exceptional as it is in our, our, our post-enlightenment scientific age. Healing was normative. And the point of these stories is not that Jesus healed, but about who, he, who, who was being healed. Who was he healing? And, and when was he doing the healing? Jesus continually healed and restored those who were being socially marginalized. He stood with those that were being pushed to the edges of his society by the elite. And every story of healing in the Gospels, it questions the legitimacy of the status quo. It subverts the myths on which the status quo is based. These are stories of resistance. They're stories of survival. They're stories of liberation, as well as stories of, of healing. And Ched Meyer's book, Say to This Mountain, Mark's Story of Discipleship, he correctly states, and this is from page 14, in contrast to Hellenistic literature in which miracle workers normally function to maintain the status quo, gospel healings challenge the ordering of power because Jesus seeks the root causes of why people are marginalized. There is no case of healing and exorcism in Mark that does not also raise our larger question of social oppression. Now, let's talk about this legality for a moment. Uh, and this is really the point of the passage that we're considering this week. What happens when we have to choose between saving life and abiding by the law? Jesus' healings, they call us to take a side, either with the marginalized and the liberator with Jesus, or to interpret his acts as lawless defiance. And how we choose is determined by which value we hold most dear. If we, if standing alongside the vulnerable over against the harm that's being done to them is 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 our our our, our highest value, then we we take the side of the marginalized and whoever's doing the liberation. But if we're if our highest value is being committed to the status quo above everything else, then again we see uh, these liberators as uh, as lawless or, or, or defiant. And, and this is nothing new. White clergy in the South used the legality argument to try to silence Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in the Southern Christian Leadership Conference during the the Civil Rights Movement. In in a letter from the Birmingham Jail. King responded to this directly. He said, we should never forget that everything Adolf Hitler did in Germany was legal and everything the Hungarian freedom fighters did in Hungary was illegal. It was illegal to aid and comfort a Jew in Hitler's Germany. Even so, I am sure that had I lived in Germany at that time, I would have aided and comforted my Jewish brothers. And today we can still feel the tension between what is legal 
and what is compassionate, what is just, or or what is right. Think of the example of, of Scott Warren just recently and, and others who are volunteering for the, the humanitarian aid organization No More Deaths. Um, no More Deaths, if you're not familiar with them, they provide food and water along migrant trails in Arizona. And right now, well, actually, as of yesterday, it was a hung jury, so the jury couldn't convict uh, Scott Warren. But last week... Warren was, and, and, and up until halfway through this week, Warren was on trial for offering humanitarian aid to, to migrants in some of the, the most lethal terrains of their migration. Humanitarian aid is deemed a crime legally, but the No More Deaths organization is arguing back that humanitarian aid is never a crime. And I'll put a link uh, both to the CNN article and the NPR article uh, 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 last week. Uh, NPR's uh, reporting on this action, extending zero tolerance to people who helped migrants along the border, is a, a great link to, to to catch up on this news if, this is, if you're unfamiliar with it. But I can hear the echo of Jesus's question in all of this tension, is it lawful to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? And, and let's talk about faith communities and non-compliance for a moment. Within faith communities, there are also times when people have to choose between complying with their institution's policies, uh, what those policies allow, versus doing what is right. And I, and I think many leaders in the faith tradition that I grew up in, uh, I think of many of those that are having to right now face uh, compliance committees that have been set up to to enforce policies prohibiting the, the the ordination of women or the excluding of LGBTQ members or or silencing scholars who hold scientific views about Earth's geological record. Right now, uh, people are having in that faith community specifically, people are having to make a choice: Do I do what I believe is right, or do I remain? Uh, compliant. In, in the United Methodist tradition, there are leaders that are standing against policy too, or, or what is legal within their uh, the community. They're standing against that to do what is right. Just last week, uh, I, I read how two uh, U.S. conferences, they're ordaining and commissioning LGBTQ clergy despite their institution's ban. And, and uh, the entire story, I'll put a link to it in the East Side as well, but taking both their non-compliance and their commitment to doing what is right very seriously. Bishop Sally uh, Dyke says, uh, re she's the resident bishop of, of the Chicago area. She stated, my prayer is that the church will grow in grace so, so as to fully give us its blessing to every child of God who is called to ministry. And those being ordained and commissioned, they're experiencing firsthand the tension between standing for what one believes is right over and against the, the legality of, of continued institutional evils. The, the Reverend Elizabeth Evans, who, who was one of those who was commissioned as a provisional deacon, she rightly stated that she doesn't believe the church can transform the world, and those are her words, transform the world while upholding the same unjust structures as the world does. And I don't want to... to, to to sugarcoat this, it's 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 difficult to make these types of choices. I know this firsthand. In the Gospels, 
Jesus sided with the vulnerable. Jesus sided with the marginalized over and against the institutions of his day when they practiced injustice. He disregarded legality in favor of doing what was right until it escalated all the way to a Roman cross. Remember, the Roman cross, according to uh, uh, Reverend Kelly Brown Douglas in her book, Stand Your, Your Ground, Black Bodies and the Justice of God, this is page 171, she reminds us that a Roman cross was the punishment for violating the rule of Roman law and order. Jesus's non-compliance in the Gospels, it challenges us with this question, which side of the story would our actions today have placed us on? Then Jesus asked them, which is lawful, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. Heart group application this week. What are some examples when you have had to choose between doing what's right and doing what is compliant. And I want you to discuss these experiences with your group. Number two, what examples of this same tension have you experienced or witnessed either within your own former faith community or your present faith community? And then number three, what examples do you do you presently see where the tension between what's right and what is legal is being played out in our larger uh, uh, society? Discuss that as, as well. Thanks for checking in with us this week. Wherever you are today, keep living in love, compassion, action, and, and justice till the only world that remains is a world where only love reigns. I am so glad you're journeying with us right now. I love each one of you dearly. Thanks for being here. I'll see you next week.